Well, that was an experience. Uh, hi, I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. And I'm Alex Smittle. And welcome to Tashi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-Wing. And guess what, guys? We're all out of power converters. Uh, again. Again. Yeah, guys, it's uh, it's been a, an active uh, last couple weeks here. We've had a lot going on here on the homestead. A little bit of travel, a little bit of uh, semi-local tournaments. Uh, two weekends ago, where were we all? The Missouri Chlorian. Uh, Missouri Chlorian, indeed. Uh, Doug, you were one of the uh, tournament organizers for this. Why don't you tell the listeners what the Missouri Chlorian tournament is? All right. Well, it's uh, it's a team tournament. Uh, two team. Well, it's three teams of up to fifteen people uh, between Kansas City, St. Louis, and Columbia. And uh, it's normal Swiss, but you can't be paired against your teammates. And then after it was four rounds of Swiss, we did the top two teams based on Swiss scoring. They did a three-man final. A 3v3 final, if you will. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, this started out last year, actually, or in late 2018, in fact, uh, with uh, a bit of a rivalry between Doug and uh, your dad, who's one of uh, St. Louis's flyers, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, we had the idea, and uh, Smittle and I had the idea originally. We brought it up with my dad, and he jumped over it, all over it, and uh, organized the whole thing. Uh, did pretty much all the legwork, leg work, other than a, a few prizes. Uh, so this year, I decided to help him out a little bit more. Uh, I, I won't say that I did much. Shout out to, to Bob Howe. Got to get that mention in. Uh, he did. Ch- I can shout him out every episode. I'm going to try. <laughs> Toshi Station Radio, the podcast with the most dad shout outs in X Wing. We're coming for he's coming, villainy. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, uh, Alex and I both uh, competed for the Kansas City team. Uh, I brought my uh, same list that I would later bring to LVO, a uh, Simple Republic, uh, Obi-Wan, Broadside, Two Torrents, and an Arc. Uh, I went two and two with it, losing to uh, two of St. Louis's competitors who would eventually make it to the finals. Uh, Alex, how did you fare? I flew Fenrir and Six Mining Guild Ties in preparation for the Dallas System Open. Which, to uh, clarify, it was an extended event. It was extended. I flew a hyperspace list in preparation. Um, it held up pretty well. I lost a very close game to one of their eventual 4-0 top finishers in the final. And then I won my last three Swiss rounds, including beating Matt Carey of mid of the Midwest Scrubcast fame. Emily is and also the Midwest. Emily is also, yeah. I've never actually listened to podcast sorry guys i'll get on that um and yeah then i ended up losing a really close game to biophysical michael simon in the cut very close his soon tier natted out of my natty range one shot these things happen and it ended up costing us the whole potato but it was fun it was a good time it was while uh, kansas city did claim the initial missouri chlorian cup it has since transferred to st louis so props it'll be, to it'll be the- back yeah, give give the Arch Alliance all their props. They flew incredibly well. Uh, congratulations to their last three of uh, Mike Simons, Mark Myers, and Emily Rastel. Uh, they all flew well, and uh, well, we're like I said, we're coming for you next time. And congrats to our players in top three as well: John Reinig, Matthew Ritz, who's played myself ten games in all of two point probably. He legitimately yeah. in the finals asked Emily's opponent if one of his ships had the evade action. 
we, 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 we predicted that John would go at least three and one and have to ask how his own list worked. And yet, it's true. <laughs> these things happened. The man's a beast. Well, that wasn't the only thing going on. Uh, this last weekend in Las Vegas, there was the Las Vegas Open, uh, the third U.S. Grand Championship behind the Nova Open and uh, Warfare Weekend in St. Louis. Uh, I went out to that one, and uh, well, it uh, it was certainly a tournament that happened. <laughs> We've so, been there, man. You should have seen us at Adeptcon last year. Let the people know. Okay, so I did bring that list. Uh, Obi-Wan with Delta 7B, Broadside with Ion Cannon, two Gold Squadron Troopers, and a 104th Arc. Uh, I started out the day really strong with a win over eventual top eight finisher Matt Bartell, uh, and then proceeded to slide down in uh, an, uh, an odd series of losses by 13 points in round two, by nine points in round three, by just under 71 points in round four, and three losses taking me out of the cut. Uh, I finished the day with a uh, nice head-to-head match against uh, Kalen Wong, who was a joy to play, as were all my opponents. A uh, lot, lot of shouts there of It's the Resistance with his, his trademark list there. So it was uh, it was a real fun day one. Uh, despite going one and four, I, I think I learned a lot. There were a lot of really interesting extended lists there. Uh, this being the first major tournament after the points change, there was a uh, there were some surprises, and I think it shows that it was a tough competition. I mean, Kalen Wong top eighted at Worlds and was was just in the salt mines with you, so it wasn't an easy field. No, where we saw uh, former System Open champions and Worlds finalists uh, hitting the bricks in some of these rounds, it was uh, it was kind of an anything goes wild west of lists out there. There were a lot of really, really unique lists that I did not expect to see in uh, the top cut on uh, Sunday. Uh, was it Sunday? It was Sunday. Uh, there were quite a few interesting ones out there. Uh, some of the ones that made the cut, uh, to just give a little bit of cherry picking, uh, there was a good old-fashioned uh, Drea Swarm that made it in. There was a wonderful list that I absolutely loved of four Kimogalas, four of the cartel executioners uh, with uh, contracted cybernetics, one of them with the wrecked droid, and uh, Benair Pirate with Dead Man Switch. Uh, I, I looked at that and it just it brought joy to my heart to see that kind of list. I love the Kimogala and seeing four of them in the top cut was just great. Uh, all yeah, the factions were quite well represented. The Camoglia is one of those ships we didn't talk about during the points change, but it went down to 41, uh, which is, that's pretty cheap. It's, it's an interesting ship. I believe, does that make it the cheapest uh, medium-based ship currently? Uh, the Reaper is 39 now. Did the G1A go down? Because the G1A was 41 before the points change, when the Chemo was 43. Uh, the G1A is still 41. Yeah, that is a 41-point ship at I-3 with a talent slot, so that's uh, not to be slept on. Yeah, uh, You mentioned the Reaper. We saw a uh, five-Reaper list make it into the top cut. Uh, that, it was, I didn't even know that could fit, but it looked amazing. I would not have wanted to be across the table from that. Uh, yeah, that's another one that kind of slipped by since it, uh, it didn't get put in hyperspace. The generic, I, I, I missed that it went down two points. That's... That's a pretty crazy list. It had had to require a lot of skill to fly, though. Those Reapers are not easy to fly together. They're not. And uh, 
it did uh the pilot's name escapes me but he matched up in the first round of the top 64 against eventual champion zach bart and it, it started off rough he uh made a wrong choice on his ailerons before his move forgetting which way his dial went i think and took a reaper off the board in the first turn Mistakes happen to everybody, but that was one that kind of compounded there. Had had tough competition uh, in Zach, who uh, all through the Swiss was undefeated. And it's kind of his thing. It, yeah, it really does seem to be. Big shout out to Zach Bart because he's he's kicked butt at a lot of tournaments in Swiss, and he always seems to get knocked out early in the cut. I'm sure he's super pumped, and he deserves it. He's a he's a great guy, one of the best, and glad he glad to see him win. Yeah, Zach, uh, well-known for running the Crossroads Classic out here in the Midwest. Uh, I had the opportunity to face like, face off with him round one in Crossroads this year. Just a, a great guy. Couldn't have a win come to a better person. Uh, the the cut day was great. Watching uh, such things like uh, Brian Lindemood from uh, Alaska actually managed to make a name for uh, the Seek pilot Leighton Ashera. And if off the top of your head you don't know what Leighton Ashera does, join the club. No one else did either. Uh, Leighton I, was my favorite pilot when I first started playing X-Wing. Yeah, so. I've had a lot of experience against Leighton, so still still nice to see it do well. All right, for, for those who don't know, uh, Leighton Ashera is an I-3 Seek pilot whose ability states, when you attack or defend, if the attack misses, get an evade token. Uh, that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's really good against two-die attacks, which we saw 100%. a lot of. Uh, Brian flew that all the way to the top four, losing to eventual uh, finalist Paul Olson and his uh, droid swarm. Huge okay. shout out to Paul, by the way. Uh, Paul's a great guy out of Minnesota. Um, I've played him before. He's a phenomenal opponent and just a great guy. So huge shout out and congrats to Paul as well. Absolutely. If that if Linda Mood's list is something that interests you, I believe he was on stream three times over the weekend. He was. You can watch so him. Three, I think it was three cut games in a row. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it was at least two in a row and then I th maybe one in Swiss. Either way, he had plenty of games on stream. Yeah, you can definitely check him out on the Gold Squadron YouTube channel. Absolutely. And one list I definitely want to shout out was uh, brought by Blair Bunky of the Scum and Villainy podcast, who had initially proposed it. We thought he was making a joke, but then he brought it and made uh, the cut with it. It was uh, three cartel spacers with some tractor beams sprinkled in there, uh, three Benair pirates, a zealous recruit, and an autopilot drone. That's not a list error. He legitimately brought the 12-point escape craft, the autopilot drone. Yeah, in, I can... In seven games, it did damage once. <laughs> but in a meta where you have a lot of droids and other shieldless ships, that can be a... I wouldn't say a super potent area denial. I wouldn't really put that in the hands of anybody but a madman like Blair. I would assume that he used it mostly to... Uh what's the word disrupt people's setup uh like it's a, a lot of turn the opening engage is always very important in x-wing and anything you can do to disrupt your opponent's opening engage is really especially strong. in a swarm heavy meta and all eight of them are i1 uh well i guess seven of them for most of the game uh but the <laughs> the three tractor beams uh stacked shooting before your fang and your three z's that's that's a lot of potential damage to spike yeah, i believe only two of them had tractor beams but even still i watched that a number of times uh come along the we saw the new tractor rules in effect when a ship was tractor beamed onto a rock got to turn so that it would not go over the rock the next turn but it kept it going the absolute wrong direction uh another thing we saw a lot of in uh 
the Swiss and three of in the finals is a hyperspace list that I think we're going to see uh, pop up uh, now and then. Guys, the Focho is real. Yeah, it, it, it definitely had a strong showing. Um, I I think a lot of that is people just don't really know how to react to eight ships on the board, especially with something like the Focho where it has zero reason to stick together. So you can just cover tons of board space and, and block up everything. It's definitely something that can catch people off guard. There was there was a wonderful cut match that was, uh, I believe, Andrew Lauritsen. Uh, it could have been Andrew flying uh, the Focho against a list that was seven Academy pilot TIE fighters and a Cutlass Squadron Punisher with trajectory simulator and seismic charges. That was eight ships for each side on the table, and one of them was a Punisher. It looked absolutely ridiculous and absolutely fun. That's one of the things I think was a great takeaway. Everybody that I saw there at LVO was having fun. Props to the Fly Better podcast, to Dean Ryan for organizing the whole thing, uh, to Dion Morales of Gold Squadron podcast for streaming it, uh, to everybody who was judging and helping make the event run. It was just uh, a fun time. It was probably the uh, largest non-Worlds event I've been to, a bit more stacked even than Adepticon last year, I believe. And certainly in talent, it felt like a murderer's row on Friday. It uh, it was certainly an experience. Uh, one in four, I came away uh, a little less than pleased in my performance, but uh, pretty pretty motivated because, hey, guys, uh, extended dead for a while. We're going into hyperspace time. Thank God. Also, shout out to Cryodex for saving the tournament after, surprise, uh, BCP crashed. Uh, BCP did make it till midway through the third round, so uh, that's not that's not good enough, though. That's <laughs> really, three that's out of three out of eighteen rounds is uh, not super impressive. No, that uh, I know there are uh, internal politics that often require the use of uh, that software, but as Toshi Station Radio is not sponsored by any of those, we can be free to say BCP is garbage, guys. Don't use don't it. use it. Tabletop to. Tabletop TO is our tournament software of choice. And speaking of tournaments, uh, we've got a bit of a top 10 for you here. We all got together and decided uh, there's tournaments coming up. We're going to have uh, some hyperspace trials. We've got store championships. There's a couple system opens coming up. Dallas, we going south, boys. Yeah, so <laughs> Smittle and I are confirmed going to Dallas in, uh, I guess it's only a week and a half at this it's point. It's in a week and a half now, boys. <laughs> Hopefully we're prepared. Probably not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Hopefully nobody the, else is either. Yeah, that's right, because it'll be the first system open uh, in the new hyperspace format. So we uh, put together our 10 Toshi Station tips for a tournament. Not necessarily uh, gameplay tips, but things that can make your tournament experience better for everybody. That was too alliterative. I think we need a new name. Okay. So my first thing that I put on this list is go and meet new people. Like, you're at a major event, I would assume is what we're talking about here. You're not just, you're playing people from all over the country and potentially all over the world. Like, this is where you meet. Even applies for a newer player at like a regional. True. At a regional. Like, go and introduce yourself to people. Make, exchange names with all of your opponents. Take note of people who are super cool. Super people you might want to see in the future. Social media is great for this. Like, go be your best you, if you will. Yeah, like, Alex, you've got a bit of a story uh, involved with uh, some meeting named players, don't so you? So at Worlds of 2016, 
Doug and I are sitting out on a day we're not playing X-Wing. We're just sitting at the table talking. And this guy comes over. He was like, do you want a practice game? And we're like, sure. He played as he beat me. Doug beat him. Um, Crazy close game. Introduced himself as Nan Torfs, and then later went on to win worlds that year. Yeah, so like we played practice games against the that year's world champion just yep. randomly. And we we're driving back from worlds that year, listening to the final and chanting Nan Torfs' name because that's a guy we met there, and it was awesome. We met him at he because he introduced himself to us and asked if we wanted to play X Wing. Yeah, and that's really the way this community works. Uh, I found. You know, since I've been playing uh, in just, you know, a few years, not as long as you two have, but uh, my first time going to Worlds, I had folks like Duncan Howard come up and introduce himself. It's these people that you hear their names, you watch them on stream. They're often just the coolest people. You find a lot of just incredible folks playing this game. You also find like Tyler Tippett, but, you know, you take what you can. <laughs> Tippett's a pretty good guy. Disclaimer, Tippett's pretty cool. Tippett's a pretty cool guy. <laughs> I like Tippett a lot. Um, also... For the future, when you'll listener inevitably become X-Wing famous, expect people to come up and know who you are. Um, that's weird, but you'll get used to it. Well, I case, know. I expect them to know that one of us is Doug one of, and one of us is Alex. One of us is who we are, and the other one of us is also who one of us are. <laughs> or we're the same? I don't know. But uh, I had Andrew Bunn introduce himself to me and ask me if I was me. I was like, why, yes, I am Andrew Bunn, famous X-Winger. <laughs> like, I believe in you, listener, to soon be X-Wing famous. That's right. Well, uh, the first thing I put on the list was bring snacks and water. Because, good lord, these tournaments can run long, folks. These are 75-minute rounds. You're going to have six of them in most cases during the day. You're looking at 15 to 20 minutes between rounds at best. It's going to go on. Oftentimes, you're going to be at a venue where food is expensive. Bring something to eat and snack on. A lot of major tournaments, there's not time budgeted for a lunch break um, so you um, go on honestly so you, got, you really should bring something to cover yourself but time in case none of your rounds get off early enough to get a full lunch you got to keep yourself covered absolutely and along those same veins one of the things i had is to make sure you get off your feet in between rounds or if you finish a game early uh it's it's a long day especially if you're talking these big national events that are at least six rounds uh later in the rounds you'll you'll be thanking yourself if you you'll feel it if you bit. stand the whole time Absolutely. Uh, I was noticing that uh, at large tournaments, often there's not a lot of space and you'll find people pushing back from the tables, but standing for that long, even if you're young and spry or if you're part of the seniors division like me, it'll do a number on you. Relax when you can. Uh, take whatever moments you have. If your match gets done early, if there's extra time between rounds, sit down and take a load off. Uh, bring comfortable shoes, bring clean socks. You will thank yourself for it. Agree. Yes, it was your point. You can't agree with yourself, <laughs> <laughs> but I do. That's fair. Like you should, though. Really, I've right. changed my stance. All right, Smittle, what's your next point? My next point is I. If you're traveling out of town for a tournament, it it makes it really easy if you're traveling with a group of people you already know, a group of friends. That it gives you a little safety net of say you don't do well, you still got friends to hang out with and have a good time. That's what the trip's really about. At least in my opinion, the X-Wing is, it's still important and primary, but I have more fun hanging out, playing drunk Super Smash Brothers in the Airbnb afterwards. I was say, as an example, after I yeah. scrub out at Adepticon. Yeah, we had a group of 10 people go to Adepticon and one person made day two. The rest of us scrubbed out and we still had an absolute blast. 
An absolute blast, I think Doug was going to say before his mic cut out. It's, yeah, an absolute blast. Uh, absolutely. Like I said, uh, I went one and four, scrubbed out before the last round, and uh, didn't feel bad about it. Friends driving up to go have dinner with and uh, do a little sightseeing the next day, uh, especially also if you're uh, traveling with friends. See more than just the convention center you're at. Uh, a lot of these events are held in some great places, guys. Uh, make use of that. We get to travel and play a game, uh, but there's more than just X-Wing out there. See what these places have to offer. Vegas was amazing. I hadn't been for almost 30 years, and it's uh, it was certainly an experience. But, yeah, make use of that. Take your friends. It's a wonderful experience. Uh, Even if they don't want to go, bring them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a large well, trunk. Make sure there's not inclement weather, though, or you might get left in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, don't get Ugh. stranded in Indiana. Don't get left in Chicago. <laughs> Man, we travel a lot. We've had some stories. Yeah. Uh, we got abandoned in Chicago. Yeah, buddy buddy who wasn't playing and just came to, to hang out with us, freaked out about the snow, took a uh, plane trip home in the middle of the day with the car keys in his pocket. <laughs> he drove back to Chicago with the car keys. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that, that's that's and that's part of this game, guys. You'll find the the stories you tell oftentimes won't be the ones that happen on the table. But after things that do happen on the table, oftentimes uh, things can get a little muddy. So uh, my next bit of advice there: call the judge seriously, guys. It's what they're there for. Uh, questions about arc checks, range checks, rules questions. The the judge is there to make sure that everybody enjoys the game and there isn't any conflict arguing over a decision. Uh, raise your hand, shout for a judge. Don't let things come down to something you're not certain about. If you have a question about a rules interaction, if you really, really aren't certain whether that ship is in arc or not, what range it's at, call the judge. Corollary to that. And this, uh, this may have come up this weekend. Do not call a judge in an attempt to burn time off the clock near the end of the round. That is 100% stalling, and they will nail you for it. Uh, slash granted time extension which they have all of the power to do and should do for judge calls late in games that take time absolutely so you know keep your nose clean and you're not going to have any problem with it but don't be afraid to use that judge you are not being a whiner if you want a judge to come over and confirm arc there are a lot of cases where, especially when you're talking about high ship lists, you've got a lot of things in there. Get an impartial, authorized observer to come in and make decisions rather than, you know, trying to argue it out yourselves. I'd say even if, like, you understand the rules and your opponent asks you a question about your list, call a judge. Like, you don't want to leave people with a sour taste in their mouth or thinking that you might have screwed them over. It's just easier. That's It's literally their job. It is what they're there for. Call a judge whenever you feel it's necessary, even if it seems like a yeah, trivial like, thing. You don't want to leave that kind of stuff in your hands. The judge would rather answer a rules question than do an arc check. And along but, the lines of asking for a time extension, even in a non-stalling sort of way, if you feel like it took a while for that arc check or something, feel free to ask. They don't have to grant it, but you're not going to get in trouble for asking for a time extension. And it's even the way of arc checks, like if it's close, take it out of your hands, give it to a judge, that way there's no there's no hard feelings, there's no anything regarding the two players. If it's close, put it in somebody else's hands. Yeah, very, very good piece of, of advice, Matt. Alright. Uh, uh, okay, so I guess that brings me to my next one. Uh, I have Bring Super Glue. Uh, 
these X-Wing models can be a little bit fragile and you're going to be carrying them around all day. Uh, you know, a model might break off of a peg or a wing might break off or your opponent's model might break off. And uh, it's a good way to make a new friend. And it's, uh, it's a good way to your keep friend your ships Greg on the Greg throws the sunglasses into your swarm of mining guild ties. Yeah, that uh, side story that happened to me as soon as I brought my ships out for the first round on Friday at LVO, I noticed that the uh, peg had broken off my arc. So I was running around the convention center trying to find someone with super glue. I ended up going over to a bunch of folks playing uh, Warhammer 40K. And uh, of course, every Warhammer player you ever see will have super glue at any given time. They were more than generous, uh, made some friends, explained X-Wing to them while I was holding my arc together. And uh, yeah, that's uh, super glue is almost an absolute necessity, especially if you've been traveling and did something dumb like put your uh, tournament kit in your checked luggage, which they apparently tossed around like a football. Uh, yeah, stuff is broken season. It is indeed. <laughs> yeah, it, it'll it'll save a lot of headaches in the long run, and uh, and take off a lot of stress. And like super glue's cheap. Just buy a three dollar bottle and toss it in your tournament bag. That way, it's always there. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Smittle, what'd you have next? Uh, my next thing is just go have fun. Like these big tournaments, you get out what you you get out what you put into them. If you're going there, no matter how your results are going, if you're having a good time, if you're making friends, if you're hanging out with friends, that's what you're going to remember. That's where the fun of the tournament comes from. But obviously, it feels good to win, and doing well at a big tournament is also a great time and also fun. But don't let experiences tilt you out of the the experience the trip as a whole if you will yeah don't let the the low odd shot ruin your whole day yeah have fun that's what it's all about right absolutely and that dovetails no it's about winning and nothing else (laughs) obviously or or flying the lat one of those two flying the lat 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 all right well that dovetails really well kind of into Two other points we had in there. Who's your cool, guys? We all get betrayed by our dice at some point, or we, after the game's gone on for a while, we kind of lose the difference between left and right, and sometimes we will have ourselves just bad luck. Uh, Accept it with grace. It'll make everyone's experience more enjoyable. And more importantly, don't get focused on that bad decision. When you're playing X-Wing, you've got to have your mind in the present and ideally a a turn or two in the future. If you're focusing on something that happened three turns ago or a game or two ago, that's that's robbing valuable attention that you're going to need for that game you're in at the moment. Let the bad things happen, make a mental and, note, and move on. And your opponent can tell when you're tilted on something like that, and it, it hurts their enjoyment as well. And, you know, you don't want to be it doing does. that. You want everybody to have a good time at the table. And along that note, be a good sport. Thank your opponent for games. Wish them luck in the rest of the tournament. Shake their hand after the game. Don't tell them they only beat you because of dice. That is not being a good sport. Like, even if you, even if the perception is they only beat you because of dice, thank them for the game. Wish them luck. Complain about it with your buddies later, but shake it off. Yeah, and in that same vein, don't say things like "I lost, you didn't win, I beat myself." No, because you know that your opponent assume they are at least as skilled as you are 
to pull out the win. Don't minimize their achievement by saying it was all your fault that you lost. It's just bad. You could say, oh, I made a really critical mistake and you took advantage of it. That's that's something that's cool to say. You can say, oh, I think I made the wrong move here and you were ready for it. That's fine. But they'll be like, I beat myself, like you said. Yeah. That's uncool. That's not being a good sport. And that's not how you make friends. No, especially if it's one of those cases where it was a bubble match. One of you's progressing. The other one isn't. I would rather see the person that beat me go on to do well than hold some kind of grudge because I feel I didn't play my best. 100%. Yep. And Doug, uh, what do you want to close this out with? Here, maybe? Uh, let's see. Uh, I guess our last one is uh, communicate clearly. Um, yeah, I mean, that that feels pretty uh, pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like uh, uh, be open, like be don't don't hide from the fact how much your your ships cost or how much damage they've done. Communicate sure with the your open opponent. Information is actually open. Yeah, 100%. like that's the rule. Yeah, this this goes along with a lot of the other things we said. But uh, you want both people at the table to be having a good time, and you don't want to have to make your opponent work to get obvious things out of you. Indeed. It's a it's a social game and socialize. Yep. And socialize ridiculously, as most of us do. Yeah, we said, you know, we're all out here. We're most of us grown adults. Uh, there, there are some uh, minors out there, and some of them are better than some of us grown adults. But we're all here to play a game, moving little spaceships around a table. We're all mostly Star Wars fans, for better or worse. And it's, it's a shared experience. We're all there to play the game, to have fun. We all might get different things out of it, but... That's one of the things, having played other competitive hobby games before, uh, I've seen some of the worst toxicity of these kind of groups. But the X-Wing community has always been, to me at least, very opening, good sports, welcoming. There's a lot of in-jokes. There are a lot of, uh, like Doug mentioned, you know, names out there that you might feel intimidated by. But we're all one big community, guys. This is a, a lot of fun, and keep making it so. Even the best players in the game are there to have a good time. Indeed. Like, there's no money on the line. We're playing for pieces of plastic. Indeed. And people might seem intense during the game. Um, a lot of people are intense while playing because they do want to win. But they're all very they're all great people. Like put That's that aside. Cool. Like don't connect their persona while playing, as long as they're not being rude. Like you can be intense but polite. And a lot of people are that way, and that's fine. But they're also some of the coolest people once you're done playing. And there's that's the correlate that reminds me of one little bonus bit there. If you do get matched up against someone who is being a terrible sport, who's just being an utter jack wagon at the table, don't escalate it. Don't, you know, try just and, the, you know, just win the game. <laughs> win the game and then, you know, land base them afterwards on a podcast somewhere. Yeah. The counter, no, the counterpoint, to that, counterpoint to that is don't let them bully you if they're doing something that is uh, not. Uh, Less than legal. Less than kosher. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If they're, if they're trying to get away with stuff, you call them on that. Well, hey, call a judge and exactly. have them call them on that. It's, that's to hard to do. I've had that happen to me in a tournament. And it's like, yeah. I, I have trouble calling a judge, even though when somebody is technically cheating against me by boosting before focusing with their resistance A-wings. Yep. But and just remember, it's, it's the judge's job. That's why they're there. Yep. Indeed. They're and getting somebody... paid good alt arts for that. So. Yeah. And as somebody who's judged, they would probably rather do some actual judging over just arc checks. So they'll, they'll be happy to help you. 
Absolutely. Well, a lot of these tips uh, are going to come in handy at the upcoming uh, system opens that we've got, guys. Uh, you are both heading down to Fort Worth, and then uh, Adepticon's coming up as well. So the hyperspace format, uh, that's going to kind of have its little, uh, its debutante there at Fort Worth in a week and a half. What's Swarms. the meta already? Swarms. Yeah, that, that's definitely just swarms are going to be out there with a lot of the cost reduction in the generic pilots. Uh, with what we discussed last month, uh, power creep coming up a bit. Uh, how's this going to affect hyperspace? Uh, I mean, swarms. hyperspace is, as we've said earlier, it's the Wild West. It's a, it's a totally curated format, which isn't something we've seen in X-Wing before. We have uh, no data seen... on the format. Yeah, we've well, yeah, we've we've seen a lot of generics come down, and a lot of the abusable ace mechanics have been removed from the game. Uh, well, from the format. Um, so yeah, I would I would expect generics to make strong showing. Uh, although in the past, even when they've nerfed named pilots, people still like flying them. So I, I think we'll still fe- see our fair mm-hmm. share of aces. Uh, looking at yeah, looking at the cut for uh, LVO, the sixty-four pilots who made. Uh, day two, quite a few of those lists were technically hyperspace legal, uh, prime among them being the Focho, that uh, eight Epsilon cadets for the First Order. Uh, Resistance A-wings are, you know, there and a thing, five A's, uh, five X-wings that we can now see. Uh, There's a lot of different options out there. So uh, why don't we all give our favorite hot and spicy take on what's going to be huge in the format? What's going to be the game breaker that's going to just turn hyperspace on its head? I don't think there really will be one. I don't know if it's possible to break hyperspace. Yeah. Like Every time you think of something that's like, oh, this is going to be amazing and break it, it's not hyperspace legal, man. Like, I don't I'll be surprised if somebody finds a way to break hyperspace before the next points change. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a couple of power pieces, uh, but all of them are pretty appropriately costed where you can't fit a ton in with them, uh, like Boba or Kylo jump to mind. But they're both close to half your list, and uh, it's hard to fit other good ships in there. You know, I kind of agree. It's interesting that uh, for the hot and spicy take, we all took the safest take. That nothing's going to really... uh, We're we're not going to have a single card shake things up. So going beyond single cards, uh, what are we starting from with hyperspace lists? Uh, Alex, you kind of mentioned yours already. You want to tell us yeah, at home what it is? So Fenrao is the bomb and my favorite pilot. And right after, like literally 30 minutes after this point exchange, mining guilds, I saw they came down. I was like, I wonder how much six mining guilds costs. And I added it up, and it's 132 points, which leaves exactly enough for a naked Fenrao. So I'm running a naked Fenrao and six naked mining guild uh, sentry I-1 pilots. All right, well, with a 200-point bid, you've got a 6 and 6 ones there. Do you yes, think that's indeed. going to affect you with a choice of first player? I I often don't get to choose first player. But I don't care, really. Like, I don't... I'm comfortable enough flying aces that I... I most players, I can feel... I feel just fine moving first in front, against other sixes. And the uh, Von Reg is the only six who can technically double reposition in hyperspace. And oh. Oh, and Poe. But I have a swarm of TIE Fighters to handle these. I I brought a full TIE Swarm and Fenrail. I think the big thing is you're not going to hit your Delta B Anakins or your Soon Tears or your Afterburners Vaders, the types of things that can really screw over Fen quickly. Uh, Most 
most things in hyperspace, Fen is going to at least be able to maybe not trade even, but trade close to even before he's off the board. Out of all of my reps with this list, Fen's only died in two of them. I've got 15, 20 reps now. I was one of those. That makes me feel good. You were. You were one, and Michael Simon was one. Well, that that brings me to the the list I'm thinking of, Dallas. Ryan Kraskill. Taking to Dallas. Uh, (laughs) But yes, go ahead. You're making me feel less special. Sorry. Uh, I'll be taking, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, Obi-Wan with CLT, Plo Koon with CLT, uh, Rick Ollie with no upgrades, and Anna Kidd in the Naboo with passive sensors and proton torpedoes. And that's 199. But points. Doug, I heard CLT Jedi are bad. I mean, they're worse than Deltas, but I can't take Deltas, so I, I think Force is still pretty good. Yeah, no, no argument there. Uh, so that's... Uh, Three fives and a four? Correct. Okay, and 199 points. So you're running it with no regen. And did you say you're fitting torps in there? Yeah, proton torpedoes on Anakid, which with passive sensors is uh, it's a pretty scary anti-ace piece. Indeed, and with the prevalence of generics and the possibility of swarms out there, I-4 could probably still be able to fire first before a lot of those swarms. Yeah, uh, I I really think it's just doubling down on what I think makes Republic good in hyperspace, which is you have a lot of 50-point pocket ace pieces, and you put the four of them in the list, and even if you lose any one piece, you're not out of the game. Uh, all of them have essentially passive mods. Uh, all of them are hard to, to pick off. Uh, it's, it's probably going to be a game that whittles down and goes like, to time a lot. But, you're basically uh, bringing the Republic list. equivalent of two Duchesses and two Grand Inquisitors, basically. Yeah, I think that's a pretty close comparison. I would absolutely fly that. Well, uh, what I am going to be starting from is actually a list that Doug came up with for me. Uh, it's well known among our local group that I like flying beefy lists. I am a chonky boy who likes his beef. So uh, what uh, we've got put together is uh, Braylon Stram, uh, his brother Ten Numb with S-Foils, Luke Skywalker. Well, he's, he's a B-Wing. they Oh, like a bee, brother. I get exactly. It. I was like, they're different species, man. <laughs> I don't see species. That's fair. That's fair. how progressive. <laughs> Hashtag not all bee wings. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, a a list Braylon Stram, ten numb with the foils, Luke Skywalker, and uh, Jake Farrell in the A wing. But the B wing foils without a cannon to double tap with. There's a reason for this. So that comes out to two hundred points even. Uh, I have not had the chance to put it on the table yet. As we are uh, recording this tomorrow, uh, I will be putting it on the table for the first time. But it has a lot of uh, action economy with it. The foils allow 10 numb to barrel roll into a red target lock, which gives him dice modification with rerolls and the ability to spend his stress, which makes him, for those two points, even more efficient than he was before. Thank you. Now human beings have a reason to bring 10 numb. Before yeah. the foils, there was no reason to bring 10 numb over bigs. They were the same cost, and they did the same damage mathematically. Now you can bring them, and I won't yell at you. I honestly... The people still, of the world. I, I would like to have bigs in this list, but he's not in hyperspace, so... Bwah, bwah. I think this is, uh, again, one of those lists that's in my wheelhouse. It's a five and three fours. It's a four-ship list. It's got a good chunk of health to it. Uh, 
I am going to do my best to familiarize myself with Jake. I am not used to flying small four-hill ships, but uh, uh, I will learn. I think the nice thing about Jake in this list is that he is not, you're not tethered to him. Uh, all of the ships can independently get double mods, but like your B-Wings don't want to be stressed all the time, and Jake can kind of relieve some of that pressure. Um, he can let Luke uh, boost, well, not boost, but barrel roll and still get his focus, or take a target lock and a focus for guaranteed double mods, things like that. He has a lot of he's a little pocket ace, list. like if he's moving last after uh, Swarm, like he can he can dodge arcs. He, he has barrel roll into boost only in that order, but he does have a form of double repositions. And unlike most ships, he gets the guaranteed focus out of it. He does. He will miss Crackshot and Predator uh, in terms of being a pocket ace and doing damage, but uh, I think he's still perfectly good at 36. Yeah, I, I like I like it. It's an 11 uh, attack dice list, which tends to fall on the low end for me, but that's because I like running a lot of uh, you know heavy lists. I think what's great about hyperspace is, for me at least, it's taking me out of my comfort zone of hiding behind a mountain of shield tokens. This is still a lot of shield tokens in a list, but it's it's going to force me to fly something new, and that's what I like about it. It's uh, Like we said, it's the Wild West out there, and uh, I'm trying a new horse, guys. Same. It took Same. my comfort zone and added two more TIE Fighters to go with my Fen and Mini Swarm. Well, my yeah. comfort zone for the last six months has included an auto-ensnare at I-6, so it's, uh, it's out of my <laughs> comfort zone, too. Alright, guys, let, let's pour one out for the Nantex. It's uh, hyperspace. Should we, though? I'm not going to pour one out for the Nantex. Yeah. Okay. It got Rewind. everything it deserved. Rewinding Put back the a bit. beer back in the bottle. <laughs> On the topic of Nantexes, I do have to give a shout-out to Possibly one of the craziest choices uh, that I saw at LVO from uh, Andrew Knuckles of the Birmingham Barons oh, and Curl Pop Creatives. Gorgol. Gorgol. Gorgol out I th there. I think was... Knuckles is just trying to disrespect people at this point. Like, how bad of a list can he build and still win? And still make the cuts. Yeah. Freaking, yeah. I mean, props to him. But I cannot see an actual reason of, for why he brought Gorgle. It it, it repaired uh, structural damage off Captain Seer in two separate games. I, that doesn't feel like an actual reason yeah, to bring Gorgle. I mean, yeah, no, it, it's for an him, edge case, but, but it's I one think of those. You know, Knuckles is just trying to win with like progressively worse lists. It kind of feels like it. Bored of being amazing, so he's going to try winning with terrible lists. Hatchet, Hatchet Man was too easy, so then he had to then he had to try Dangar, and then he had to try Gorgle, and. I'm excited to see what he tries next. Is, is our is our conclusion here that Andrew Knuckles is like some anime protagonist who has to tie one hand behind his back so he can fight fair? He's really good at X-wing. That's <laughs> as far as I can say. Based on what I know right. about Knuckles, he would he would enjoy being an anime protagonist. That's fair, Andrew. When you listen to this podcast, uh, comment with us on what anime protagonist you are. We're uh, waiting to hear from you. Andrew, why are you <laughs> listening to our podcast? Like you have your own superior podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yes, I would. Uh, all right. So that's hyperspace. That's the system opens coming up in uh, just a week and a half or so. Uh, we'll we'll, we'll start to ready. see this new meta come out. Uh, so with regards to hyperspace, uh, there's a lot of options in there. And uh, we're going to do a little list building exercise, guys. Uh, so what we've got here is uh, we have the yet another squad builder app pulled up in a window. And one of us is going to hit the random button for a faction and pull out a totally randomized hyperspace list and then see what we can do with those ships. Maybe changing up some upgrades or pilots, but not the ships that it gives you. 
in our way to try and prove that you can make diamonds out of whatever dirt hyperspace gives you. Uh, Maybe not diamonds, but like emeralds. Yeah, it's all basically the same when it comes down to it. So uh, who would like to start this one here? Hit me with a hit me with a scum list, boys. I got gotcha. you. All right, um, copy pasting it to you. Into the chat. Yep. So we have a Hav in the mining guild tie without maneuver, Manaru with fearless <laughs> advanced proton torpedoes, Lats Razi and a hull upgrade, Cad Solus with daredevil and proton torpedoes, and a mining guild sentry with targeting <laughs> That is one hundred and ninety-six points. All right. <laughs> Hold also, on. Also, fearless does literally nothing with mana roof because they do not have a literally nothing. Okay, I can work with this though. So first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to drop everybody down to their lowest generic and get rid of all of their upgrades. All right. So that gives you a mining guild tie, uh, a generic jump master, a zealous recruit, and another mining guild tie. Uh, the lowest generic, or do you go with Nomlum here? Uh, I'm going to go with. The, I'm just starting off with with what we got. I'm going to, because I'm going to change this. The Gem Master is going back to Manaru because I love Manaru. She's a golden god, and Ion Kanaru is where it's at. Does that include Triple Zero? It includes Triple Zero, Contraband Cybernetics, and Ion Cannon. And I'm going to make the Fang Fighter Fen Rao. I'm going to toss a little Fearless on him. Boom, I saw 27 points left with two mining guilds. I'm going to bump them both up to surveyors. I'm going to put snapshot on each of them and see what, see what that leaves me. It leaves me a large bid. It leaves me an 11-point bid. So you know what I'm thinking? I think I can put expert handling on mana room. You could also you could bump put, uh, one up to a hive. I could bump one up to a hive as well. You know what else you could put on mana room? The punishing one title. I don't feel I need it. I have an Ion Cannon and I have a Rotating Arc. Yeah, I'd agree that Ion Cannon in the title is a little bit overkill. Manaru's job is to pass her tokens. Ion Cannon is just so she has a second arc to attack from. Um, but I think I'd take it with the seven-point bid, as is. So I've got Mining Guild, two Mining Guild Surveyors with Snapshot, Fenrau with Fearless, and Manaru with Expert Handling, Ion Cannon, Contraband Cybernetics, and Triple Zero. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty strong. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is winning anything major, but I think you'd be competitive in a snore champ with a list like this. Indeed, and I flew something similar to this right before the points change, except it was Gory instead of two mining guild surveyors. All right. Well, Alex, go ahead and throw me. Let's say a resistance hyperspace uh, list. Resist toss. All right. I'm throwing it up in the chat. So we've got. A resistance pod with Rose Tico piloting, with snapshot, <laughs> Ferrosphere paint, novice technician, munitions failsafe. Oh no. Greer Sinel, the best angling pilot, <laughs> with squad leader heroic concussion missiles, prime thrusters, a resistance transport piloted by Pamich Narrow Good. Uh, is that a pilot? It is. Yeah. All right, never heard of that. With APTs, delayed fuses, auto blaster, KDL Conics, and R2HA, and then a Green Squadron A Wing with no talents but advanced optics <laughs> and a two point bid. Matt, oh. you got your work cut out for you. With you have your work cut out. All right, so let's go ahead and strip the upgrades because a 40 something point pod sounds kind of ridiculous, uh, even for me. 
Parasphere. Uh, She'll be immune to damage. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so if we take everything down to its generics, except for the fact that the Resistance Transport and the Resistance Pod do not actually have generics in hyperspace, uh, Pamich Nero Good and Rose Tico are effectively the cheapest there. Uh, I do like Rose in the pod, though. Uh, I think her ability is pretty neat. It comes around better, though, with more ships. So in a four-ship list, I would actually uh, go up a point with Vimerati. Uh, Vimerati's ability is pretty neat at shutting down uh, some other ships there. Uh, I know that especially when you're looking at uh, focus-heavy lists, don't see them a whole lot in uh, hyperspace right now, but it can really uh, just wreck someone's day. Uh, plus, it's the free it's the dial. Only, flip. It's the free dial flip. It's the only sense ability in hyperspace right now. And informant, but informant right. is in. Oh, it, informant it, actually it, is in. I'd be tempted to throw an informant on there, but we're not gonna. Okay, uh, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> so I think we're gonna need some kind of uh, ace support here. So I'm gonna bump those two uh, A wings up to Talus and Lintra and ZZ Klo. Absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw advanced optics on both of them because it should be stapled to X wing to A wings if you can afford it. Uh, Agreed, but not Kyla though. Right? Well, and then <laughs> talent talents are a really weird spot in uh, hyperspace because a lot of the ones that we're used to, the crack shots, the predators, aren't in anymore. Uh, one thing I would like to point out to you is you do have a good coordinating platform, so like mag pulses exactly. or something. Yep, that's one of the things I'm looking at here. So Pamich Nero Good has an interesting ability. While you have two or fewer stress tokens, you can execute red maneuvers while stressed. However, for the same price, you get Nodin Chavdri, who has a bit more useful there. After you coordinate or are coordinated, if you have two or fewer stress tokens, you can perform one action on your action bar as a red action, even if you're stressed. So I'm going to go ahead and take Nodin. I'm going to put uh, Larma Daisy and Corsella. I feel like we're just making words up. I don't know who any of these things are. <laughs> All right. Well, Larma Daisy is one that says, while you have two or fewer stress tokens, you can perform reinforce, coordinate, and jam actions even while stressed. If you do a white one of those actions while stressed, treat it as red. So you'll be tacking on a lot of stress, but then you have Corsella, who says, after you fully execute a blue maneuver, remove all your stress tokens. To give that ship more blue maneuvers, I'm going to go ahead and staple an R4 Astromech onto it. And that's still giving me 41 points to play with. Oh, yeah. my Lord. One thing so, I thought think about is bumping Vi back up to Rose. Yeah, that, that's because she has a talent you can Exactly. Use, like, I'm like, we, we need talents here. So bumping Vi back up to Rose, oddly enough, frees up a point. So we can throw... Uh, oh, gosh. So you, you mentioned missiles. So I think... Uh, now, I'm torn here between Magpulse and Concussion Missiles. I would actually go with Concussion Missiles in this build because it gives uh, three charges rather than two. And Can I... Hmm? I say as a uh, just my thoughts on it. You're so you did get kind of a short end of the straw here, where you have four two attack dice ships, and that's your whole list. Uh, yeah. But mag pulses can do a really good job of lowering their offense to give you more time to burn them down. It's true. Like right. when you deplete and jam them when you hit, they're never going to hit an A wing after that. And now I don't think concussions are a bad choice. That was just my agree. Yeah. Well, okay. One concussion, one mag pulse. Let's even that out a little bit. Uh, 
We've got 30 points left, so as uh, we should, let's throw heroic on everybody because this is the resistance. I would actually, so it gave you snapshot on Rose, and I'm I not opposed that to that. Yeah, uh, on Rose. Well, Rose doesn't get to use her rerolls on snapshot. No, but, but she nobody does, but she still gets to take snapshots, and she's I two. And have, heroic does give her the reroll on she's defense. I three. You have but, plenty yeah. of points. Like you yeah, could put like, snapshot on all of them, probably. That's true. Oh, gosh, you really could. So snapshot on all three of the ones that can take it, sure. And that leaves me with seven points left over. To you can also look. put optics on yeah. rows. I was going to say we can put optics on rows, uh, right. which. I have an idea for something that's a little less frequently seen. Uh, there's PZ-4C0 is a crew uh, that essentially lets you treat Rose as a pseudo-coordinator with either calculates or focus I was looking right device. at that, actually. So uh, if I throw PZ-4CO uh, on to Rose, that gives me a 39-point Rose with Snapshot and PZ-4CO, who gives you a calculate at the end of the activation phase, choose a friendly ship range one to do two, if you do, transfer a Calculate token. If you reveal the blue maneuver, you can transfer a Focus token instead. So that's a neat little, if I didn't spend my green token, I can give it to someone else uh, ability. Uh, tally at 54 points with Heroic, Snapshot, Optics, and Concussion Missiles. Node in Chavdry with Corsella, Larma Daisy, and an R4 Astromech. And then ZZ Tuo with Heroic, Snapshot, Magpulse Warheads, and Advanced Optics. Uh, guys, I don't think this list is winning anything. Uh, no, I think you got a bit of a short straw with your ship draw there. No T-70s uh, in there. That's right. Yeah. No T-70s. And no so this, three attack this is, ships at all. Like, yeah, this this is uh, possibly uh, not not the greatest, but it looks not. like it would actually be... <laughs> it, 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 it has its uh, a, a kind of odd charm to it, like uh, you know one of those ugly dogs that you just... On the bright know. side, Italians easy are going to fortress a pretty significant amount of points. They are. They're, they're combined 112. Like. And, and you can do some really interesting things with them because you can just point the arcs backwards and still have Magpulse and Snapshot for your front arc. So you can you can have really good time on target because you don't care which direction you're facing at any time. All right. So and, I guess this is an object lesson that not everything in hyperspace is going to be viable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. realistically, you drop a lot of upgrades and put either another A-Wing or a T-70 or something in there. Or but... more, five more A-Wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot better that could be done with this. Uh, so, all right, Doug, what is your uh, poison here? What faction are we going to build a list for for you? Uh, let's go with, uh, let's go with First Order. The First Order, all right. Hitting that random button for you. Not the you. final order? <laughs> Okay. Uh, Are spoilers allowed? Has it been long enough? Probably. It's a new year, but I'm punching this into the chat. So what it has given you is a three-ship list with a 10-point bid. Oh, my God. And every single slot filled. Hey, we <laughs> have, <laughs> you got a silencer, at least. That's something. Okay. Yeah. So there is a Zeta Squadron pilot in the TIE FO with advanced optics and delayed fuses for those zero-minded uh, blackout in the TIE Silencer with Snapshot, Advanced Optics, Proton Torpedoes, and Ion Missiles. And an Omega Squadron Expert TIE SF with Outmaneuver, Prime Thrusters, Concussion Missiles, Special Forces Gunner, Fire Control System, <laughs> and Angled Deflectors. Reinforce! I mean, 
to give them their credit, the only useless upgrade in all of these upgrades is delayed fuses. <laughs> Everything else is technically usable. <laughs> you have 10 points. All you need to do is upgrade delayed fuses to a shield upgrade, and you've got a list. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to mess with it a little bit more than that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's start with clearing all the upgrades, and we're going to immediately bump Blackout up to Kylo, because Kylo, the... in my opinion, is the best ship in hyperspace. I would agree. Uh, then we still have a bajillion points, so we're going to make... Hmm, let's make this TIE SF Lieutenant LaHuse, and then let's make this TIE FO Midnight. Ooh, that's what I was we thinking. Have a, we have a ton of points. Still have 43 points Bring left. Bring another over. Midnight! <laughs> so I'm going to throw, I think, Proud Tradition and Advanced Optics on Midnight to start with. Okay. And I'm going to throw the Gunner on LaHuse. Uh, hmm, talent for LaHuse. I guess I'm gonna go with Proud Tradition on her as well. Hmm, their blues aren't great, maybe not. Okay, so here's an interesting thing with uh, Midnight, you said advanced optics. Uh, what do you think about deuterium power cells? In this? Uh, that is an interesting option with the uh, I mean, I have the points to play with it, certainly. Um, yeah, sure, let's give it a try. Give give Midnight a little, re little regen. I certainly have the points to play with. Um, all right, so let's throw fire control on the. Oh no, she doesn't need fire control because she, she certainly does points. not. Hmm. Can she? She does have to spend the other friendly ship's target lock. That's true. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to put passives on her so that we can give her a missile as well. Him? Her? Lahuse? They? Yeah. All right, so we're going to give Lahuse magpulse warheads, and we'll go ahead and throw optics on. Passive sensors, you're an I-5 who already has a target lock option. Uh, yeah, the point is that uh, if I'm spending somebody right. else's target lock for rerolls, it lets me get perfect knowledge for who to target lock to uh -huh. fire the missile. Okay. Um, again, I don't think that that's a choice I'd make all the time, but I have a lot of points to play with. Plus, you get to threaten I-6 aces with that, who are the biggest threat to Kylo, like Poe or Fen, with right. that mag pulse passive sensor out of either arc. All right, I've changed my mind. I'm dropping Magpulse and Passives, though, to put a Proton Torpedo on Kylo. Because uh, he's a very good Torpedo Carrier uh, with, uh, with the Force as passive focus mods and then the ability to take target locks at I-5. Uh, so we're looking at uh, Midnight with Proud Tradition and Deuterium Power Cells. Okay. Kylo with Advanced Optics and Proton Torpedoes and LaHuse with just the Special Forces Gunner, and that's at 195. A five-point bid is uh, pretty good for a 655 list. Uh, I heard 199. Is that... Um, no, it is 195. So, I don't know that that's an amazing list. Is it a naked LaHuse? Oh, or just a Gunner LaHuse? Mm -hmm. Still the and cheapest they... Kylo Doug's ever run. And the cheapest True. ship in your list, the TIE SF at 49 <laughs> points with a Special Forces Gunner. Yep. <laughs> I so for ranking of these three lists, I think I'm ranking mine at the top. I think I agree. Yeah, followed by your Doug's, and then poor Matt's four little two ship two attack die ships at the bottom. Sad. Unfortunately, Matt's list just doesn't do damage. Got yeah. screwed by the random. Indeed. So, guys, I hope this uh, out there tells you that you can take most anything in hyperspace, any group of ships, and make a functional list out of it. Uh, Although, I do want to emphasize, I think this would have gone better as a building good list exercise in Extended. And that's because they took out so many power cards in hyperspace. 
I think most of the time you're better off stripping down a ton of these upgrades and just bringing more ships. Right. Like my philosophy for list building in hyperspace right now is pick one ship that you want to fly, put as many generics with it as you can, fill the rest of your points with upgrades or different initiative pilots. Yeah, I, I agree with that philosophy a lot. It doesn't work for every faction. Uh, it's work for Republic, that's for sure. Yeah, Republic really struggles with it because your cheapest filler is a Y-wing. Um, but but in general, I th- it, in particular, uh, those factions with their twenty-two to twenty-five point fillers, your Empire Scum, uh, Resistance, First Order, Scum, which has two of them in the Mining Guild tie and the Sick. Yeah, twenty-five points for the Cartel Spacer is a pretty good filler spot. Scocho. Probably strictly worse than the Focho. Only because of the worse dial and other things, probably. Most, it's mostly the dial. Everything else one is banks, the exact same. One banks, bro. One banks. Yeah, I'd take the white three hards over the one banks every day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'd say I own more six, but that's not true because the FO conversion kit was seven FOs. So. <laughs> FFG's money grabbing me. I have to buy a second conversion kit. That was a meme for the record. Let the record show. Yes, yes, it was. All right, well, we've gone on for about an hour. So uh, as a couple closing notes, uh, as we record this, Wave 6 should be out this Friday. Uh, Go patronize your friendly local gaming store and pick up these new ships and card packs and uh, hit the table with them. Let's see what this new list is going to bring us before we uh, get it on the tables at a system open. Fun fun trick you can do this Friday is say you've already bought stuff at Barnes & Noble because they broke street date. You're like, oh, I feel so bad. My FLGS. What you now do is you go to your FLGS, purchase it, go back to Barnes & Noble, return the unopened FLGS once, and boom, you patronized your FLGS and got your product early. Yep. But most, most of the just patronize your FLGS, though. Does that work? 100%. It yeah, does work. It should. All right. Uh, and as we are obligated to do and proud to do, uh, we also have another this weekend, that being... Uh, the old Super Bowl LIV, go Chiefs! Go Chiefs! Go, go Chiefs. Chiefs! All right, Patrick, my homie. Uh, one, one more thing. Uh, shout out, uh, shout out to specifically the Midwest Scrubcast. Uh, they gave us yes. a, a very nice shout out at the last one there and during their last episode. They were way too kind. Uh, we're we're not that good. We see we're so not whatever Doug was going to say because we lost him. Yeah, we exactly. don't even know. <laughs> I was saying we're not that good, and that is Exhibit A. Yeah, like geez, right. Doug. podcast yeah, but, casual. <laughs> but Clint and Emily and Matt and Dan, all of you guys are great. Uh, I always love when I get to play with you guys. Uh, St. Louis in general has a great community, and uh, thanks for the shout out. Indeed. Absolutely, the best podcast you can get out of a garbage city. Excuse me, hey now <laughs> my hometown. <laughs> I technically lived there for a while. Go back to California, Newt. Worst coast. Yeah. Worst coast. Worst coast. Went to the East Coast. Newt is our enemy now. Yeah, no coast, best coast. Midwest for life. And on that bit of chaos, uh, this has been the Tashi Station Radio. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. All right, let's go, boys. Lat, 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 lat.